it's time to start unpacking with another episode of the B Word Unpacked, hosted by the phenomenal women of Good Stock Consulting, Kelly, Kim, and Ebony. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the B Word Unpacked with Good Stock Consulting. Kelly here, and I am very excited to launch into the topic today, which is body. And so clearly, there are so many places that we can go in terms of this conversation, and I'm excited to be unpacking all of it. So the word body, we all occupy one, whatever shape, size, or form that may be, it carries Mm -hmm. us. And as we know, society has, oh, 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 so much to say about them. Too much to say, Kelly. To them, and clearly judging them. So before we dive into the B side, let's do a quick lightning round. Lightning round. Kim and Ebony, tell our listeners, what do you love most about your body specifically and black women's bodies in particular? Um, Kim, you go first. Oh, so I think what I love most about my body would probably be my lips and my legs. So not to say that I have like really good legs. I just love that I have like thick thighs and I feel like legs, but I mean, like, it's not like toned and all like muscle legs. Like I don't, I don't work on legs. Like I don't, I don't do that. You got really long legs though. I do have really long legs Mm -hmm. and the older I get, like the thicker my thighs get. And I feel mm-hmm. like I have superpowers in them thighs. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait until summertime where I can put on like shorts and show my stallions mm-hmm. to the okay. world. Okay. <laughs> okay. Girlfriend. You, you love that term, Kim. My I know stallion. you love that term. Oh, right. Because mm-hmm. I call Trey a stallion, right? You love that term. <laughs> yes. I don't yep. even own a pair of shorts. Are you? Ab, no, what are we I, talking actually, about? what am I talking about? I don't own shorts either. What? I own a pair of shorts, but you're even going to catch me in, in jeans or a dress. What? No, I even wear shorts with my Ugg boots. Like during this time when it's fall, I have on shorts, a long sleeve shirt, a sweater, and some Ugg boots. Like that's the perfect outfit for me. So you know, because again, the stallion's out. You the person you, you with like the, um, mm-hmm. the miniskirt and boots. And I, and I actually like that look, the miniskirts and boots. It's cute. Never been. Come get it. Yeah, I mean, now, if cute. I had if I had moves like Megan Thee Stallion, I was so so be on that, that wave. I would be on that Question. wave. Have but my man got them knees. Have you tried? I have the knees. They hurt. But then, do, can you do the over the knee boot? I, oh, I have about five pairs of okay. over the knee boots. Okay, then with a little black. short skirt. I have leopard. I have snake skin. I have brown. Oh, I have options. Oh, you have it's options. It's totally inappropriate at work, but and, it's cute. You do it. I to do, though, the stallion with the knees. Tell the truth <laughs> to the audience. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying, too, because I'm going to get it right. Probably about 2035, but I'm going to get it right. You're going to be a level I'm not mad at it. Coming into so, the I'm not, I'm not mad ass lady trying to do the Megan with the knees. Listen. So what about Black ladies in particular? What do black you like about women our in particular? Shape? I would say our curves, like even if you don't have curves, it's still curves. Like Mm -hmm. there's a certain kind of swag, I think, Mm -hmm. when we... so if you know me, I'm always excited about getting older. When I was 20, it was like, I can't wait to be 30. When I was 30, it's like, I can't wait to be 40. Now mm-hmm. that I'm 40, it's like, I can't wait to be 65. Because I feel like the older we get, the more comfortable wait, you get. Wait, you're not 40. Well, not yet, Kelly, but okay, I don't need to so- be a hater about it. Don't be a hater, Kelly. <laughs> almost. If you round up, if you round up. Okay, round on up, up. I can't even lie. I do that too. I tell yeah, you. If you round up, Kelly, I'm 40. <laughs> Okay, I'll uh, take it. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the yes, party. Yes, <laughs> but I feel like the older you get, the more comfortable you get in your body and mm-hmm. the more confident you get in your body. And just, and when you, I feel like when you're confident about the your body, you wear things that complement your body, regardless Beautiful. of your size. And it just kind of, you know, works. kind of gives you a little boost. It works. Okay. It works. What about you, Dr. Hilton? What I about mean, you, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. One of the um, nurses at work one time told me I walk like I'm thick. Hello. Um, I took mm. that as a... That's a compliment. <laughs> no, it's no, a that's compliment. A compliment. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. that's you a compliment. know, I done grew into this one. So I like, um, I'm toting a monster. You know, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's in here on the waist and then... Has monster potential. It surely does. <laughs> I mean, and it's a little bump, but what, but that bump, it matters. It matters to life. It matters to me. So, um, I would say my, I would say my favorite part of though, in addition to my monster, um, 
it's the shape of my eye. And oddly enough, I know, I know. But oddly enough, um, my eye doctor, when I was like little, I think he was a little bit perverted, but he used to always compliment me on by my eyes. I was like, this is weird. But anyway, I do. I love the darkness in my eye. Um, and what about black women? Actually, I just love melanin, how, and I guess I could take myself out of the equation on this one part, unless it's in the summertime, but how colors just pop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. you don't need, mm-hmm. you have a mm-hmm. natural contour to your face, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like hits all the angles. Um, so, so yeah, that the skin is bright colors are made. Yeah. Ooh, white on brown skin or yellow. Ooh, yellow. Orange. It's beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful. Yellow. But my it's colors green, are oh, okay. What's your color? My colors are red and green. Mm-hmm. Mine are probably yellow, orange, and green. Yellow. Okay. Mine are yellow, blue, and green. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why y'all had me in that um navy um <laughs> dusty dress. Keep going. Oh my God, with the dusty dress. I bet you're on out. I'm going to go on out. It's a different color. You're going to have to let it go, Ebony. Yeah. Kelly, what about you? What you loving about yourself and Black women? Uh, Myself, I'd probably say just like the overall shape of it and strength of it. Um, I just like like the curves. Like it's always been very... You know, you do have a Coke bottle. Curvy. I see it. It's a Coca Cola. That's mm-hmm. what the. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what the boys used to be like. Oh, Coca Cola shape. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. indeed. That's right. Thank you. And then, I mean, I think that's what I like about us in general. Like just the fluidity, the sway back. Just like when we walk, it's just like poetry. It's just like moving. I just, mm. I love it. I love how like even a thick girl carries like. You know how the booty different. just be swaying? It's a different kind of like yeah. composition of Listen. like a form. It's just. If my butt was just a little bit bigger, y'all, I would be out of control. Y'all would be able to tell me Out of control. Y'all would be able to tell me I probably would be president. I took what I had and I walked like I was thick with you. Yeah. You got to be able to let them, everybody Listen. needs to see it walk down the hallway. Like, hey, she walking heavy. Yeah, skinny fat. I had a a nasty switch since sixth grade, (laughs) and they used to tease me in middle school all the time, like, "Why you walk like that?" And now I know because I I was I was toting treasures. Listen, for a reason. My grandma taught me. It's for a reason, (laughs) Louise. Right. It's nice when you can make them take pause. That's hello, hello. (laughs) You gonna watch this today? You gonna watch this? Amen to that. Amen to that. All right, y'all. Well, now that we've had our lightning round, let's take it on over to the B side. Welcome, Welcome to, to the B side. All right. So I'm the only. God, I'm the only one in the game with a daughter, and so y'all know raising this girl, raising Lindsay, and y'all know Lindsay. Jesus, mm-hmm. she got the body. Yeah. I, I, I mean, she's already. She's already got the form. So she I definitely know definitely has a shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I know yeah. what we're running into. Shout out to the two of my family. Because yes. um, she didn't get it from me. <laughs> she got it honestly from her grandma. But so because I know she has the body, I feel like I have to stay on top of body image and awareness and trends and what's happening because I need to know what body imagery my baby is being exposed to because mm-hmm. I don't want her to start to kind of internalize negative stereotypes, but I also want her to be able to see the beauty in who she is and the beauty in what she sees in the world, even if it looks different from who she is, right? Right. Right. So data shows that nearly 80% of women in the United States say that the image of women in movies, fashion magazines, and advertising makes them feel insecure, y'all. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's kick off the conversation. When do you first remember uh, like being aware of your body and how do you think that really changed how you feel about your body? If it changed right. it at all. Right. I mean, I really, um, y'all knew I grew up a straight nerd. So let me, again, let me preface that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until Aaliyah. Hello, somebody. Oh, and hello, Aaliyah. Hello, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell me I watched it. Okay. okay I, I mean, I'm talking about the Black line lips, 
okay. I'm talking about the hair, like in my eye. There you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. I'm talking about the Bella shirt that I got from Walmart. They used to be like three for like two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Tube top shirts. That Tommy was Hilfiger. Okay. Baggy pants, Timberland boots. I used to go to Cool World. Shout out Cool World's club um, for teen night with this. Cool World. Like the whole Ooh. Cool World. Honey. The whole outfit cost five dollars and fifteen cents. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was my um, first real, like my first time of feeling like, am I sexy enough in this, or am I presenting my sexy? I said sexy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I did. You were thinking sexy at that age? I was thinking, yeah. I mean, but you got to remember Leah's videos. Well, right. Come on now, right. rock the boat. Rock I mean, the middle. she on the, the middle. Right. And, <laughs> oh, and you think about it, it's all tragic, actually. But yeah, I mean, you're not wearing a tube top because you're thinking about um, Sesame Street. Well, I just thought cute, not sexy. No, I was trying to be sexy. But uh, but in looking, at picture, in looking at the picture, I was looking dusty, busted. It was <laughs> <laughs> tell me nothing at the time but oh that God. that was my my first introduction into what it was like to be a um a preteen woman ish mm -hmm. which is not necessarily a great thing because it was highly overly sexualized so very much yeah. i mean definitely yeah. yeah mine goes back uh, way further i almost feel like i need to lie down on my therapist's couch to unpack this with y'all but <laughs> True talk, true talk. I mean, mine goes back to the first grade. So y'all know I went to school overseas. I was raised in Germany and I can distinctly remember in first grade, um, every kid, they were taking your height in class and you had to step on the scale and they were taking your weight. Wow. And they were writing it down like in the rank order of everybody from like the largest to the smallest. Oh no. And, yes. That's traumatic. Yes. That's yeah. pretty traumatic for a kid. Um, and I remember I was the third largest in the class after two boys, so much bigger than several boys. I grew fast. I grew tall. I was like a giant six-year-old. Right. And I can just distinctly remember being like, dang, I'm the biggest girl in the class. And then um, fast forward for further, Kim, your face. Y'all, I done I been know. in therapy. I done worked I know, but I, I like that past it. I that think because I'm imagining it. that happening to someone I care about and I care yeah. about you. And so that sucks. It's, it was, it sucked. And then the other piece, so we used to come home in the summers. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What was the purpose of that? You know, honestly, I don't even remember the purpose of the exercise, mm -hmm. but you know, in PE, in elementary school, it can at it times weird be a little weird and traumatic mm -hmm. and like, you know, sh touch your toes and do those tests in front of everybody. And like, the, oh, yeah, anyway, the PE the standards, were weird. the fitness the standards. were weird. It was kind of, you know, these oh, weird man. fitness standards. But we used to come home in the summers on military hops to Charleston Air Force Base. And then we would spend the summers with our grandmother. And back in the day when you boarded a military flight, they would weigh you and then they would weigh your luggage because they were making sure that the weight on the plane was balanced and they would assign your seat kind of based on the weight of the individuals wow. in the family. And so I can distinctly remember those two things, like always with the weight. And so I had to process that and think about that because clearly those things are kind of etched into my memory. But what the data shows is that labeling children as big correlates with weight gain throughout their life. So that's just something to know. If you're telling a young person, oh, you know, oh, you're big boned, that can stick with them. Just like the yeah. inverse, oh, you are strong, that would stick with them. Or right. oh, you are confident, that would stick with them. But it can lead to eating disorders and people perceiving themselves in a way that they really are not. So I mean that... <laughs> That's my first experience. Sorry to be the downer, but it's no well, shit. I mean, now I'm like my little sorry ass middle school experience. But I mean, I can see how that would trigger how that would make you hyper conscious or hyper focused on weight at mm -hmm. such an early age when early your age. body isn't even done developing. And Not so you yet. don't even know what your weight is you know, is no. or, or will be. And, and honestly, as a child, you don't really have a whole lot of control over it because you someone's buying your food. Someone's telling you when you can go out. Someone's giving you, oh, 
the crippling of confidence. It's uh, yeah. because you build on yourself the further you go. You start out in the world completely confident in who you are. Yep. And it takes someone else to cut you at your knees. Absolutely. And to think that they did that to you in the second grade is first, mama. First, first. grade. That makes first. zero sense. Yeah. yeah I mean, I was going to talk about middle school. I think, mm. but I think everybody kind of goes through that. Well, here I go generalizing might be a fallacy, but I just assume everybody's going through it in middle school because you're going through puberty, right? And that's mm-hmm. when your body is probably going through the most dramatic changes. Okay, Ed went through puberty in college. I, I No, I went through puberty <laughs> and, and literally they used to call me E-Boney because I was so... <laughs> <laughs> My socks, oh, that's just so obvious. Yeah. Oh, I love it. My socks used to be, that's why when I say I walk like I'm thick, I, I take pride in that because my socks used to be big on my ankles. Mm. Big on my ankles. Yeah. Like tube socks. And yeah. that is funny because cool. y'all don't know, but my middle name is Ebony and they would call me Ebony. And I'm not sure why, right. But I was why would just- they call you Ebony? I don't know, but it, I was just as thin and frail as well. And That's I wonder funny. if they were trying to really tease me. Listen, they called me E-Boney. And I, <laughs> but it was not uh, funny, funny, girl. It was true. It was yeah. true. Well, middle school, I had, so I started, so like Kelly said at the top, I had long legs. Well, they were long and they were very thin. And I had long arms and they were really thin. Mm-hmm. And I you were had one of them things at the gas station. Exactly. I was, I was the little man at the gas station, but <laughs> I had a real nasty walk about it. And okay. so I kind of looked like a scarecrow, I would imagine, with no real, because the, the switch was so hard, but it was nothing <laughs> switching but bones. <laughs> And I remember, I can oh, still remember walking out of the class in sixth grade and this girl yelled, why she always got to walk like that? And I just turned around like, so my walk is funny. I honestly didn't know that something know. was wrong with the walk, but that was my first time thinking, oh, there's something wrong with my body and how I move and how it looks. I and look. I tried to kind of overcompensate by acting like my other sisters and like wearing their clothes and trying to do mm-hmm. my hair like theirs and wearing bigger clothes, like baggier clothes. Oh. Cross colors, was it, is Cross that Shakira or am I dating myself? Cross colors was in, okay. yes. Remember when you used to put the ponytail on your hair and put the sock around it with the bun? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. just remember when the brat came out, everybody would have to twist. It was just a hot ass mess because none of that stuff was cute on me. That just wasn't my style. I wanted to wear one ponytail with a curl bang. That's all I wanted. And you know That's what? It. You look at the kids now in elementary school. I'm like, y'all look like y'all. Who y'all's parents? They look adult. They yes. do. Look, they do look adult. I think it's. I think it's the hormones. They they're just growing more rapidly. Well, I mean, I it's think it's hormones. More. It's clothes. It's, it's a clothes. It's it's. I don't know if it's makeup. I mean, it's a lot. Your outfit should not look like mine. Like seventh grade, eighth grade. No, no. You know how like some mommy and daughters like dress alike? No, ma'am. No, ma'am, Lindsay. You're going to look six because you are six and you do not wear mommy's fashions. But she does like to carry a briefcase. So (laughs) hello. Hello. Now we can do it here in this house. You can put on your makeup, you can put on your heels, and you can carry this bag around this house. She likes are not going out the door. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. You are having hair bowls and twists, ma'am. But you know, to each their own. No yeah. judgment, but low key judging. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, but so y'all know, if we're talking about all these things, y'all know mm-hmm. I love studies. I love science and I love data. Of and course. according to the National Eating Disorder Association, because y'all know where I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. Now the exact statistics on the prevalence of eating disorder among women of color are unavailable because. Due to our historically biased view that eating disorder only affect white women, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, say that's, we, don't, we don't have that. We, we don't, don't have, have those that, issues. Right. We don't mm-hmm. have that issue. Right. That's that's but, white people stuff. That's white people stuff. Mm-hmm. But relatively, um, relatively little research has been conducted utilizing participants for racial and ethnic minority groups. So mm-hmm. let's take a little bit further. When presented with identical case studies demonstrating disordered eating symptoms in white, Hispanic, and Black women, clinicians were asked to identify if the woman's eating behavior was problematic. Right? Hmm. You see what it is. Is it problematic or is it not? 44% identified the white woman's behavior as problematic, and 41% identified the Hispanic um, woman's behavior as problematic, but only 17%, y'all, identified the black woman's behavior as problematic. Wow. Hmm. 44% for whites, 
40, 41% for um, Hispanics, 17% for black women. Mm-hmm. And these clinicians were also less likely to recommend that the black woman should receive professional help. Now, what does that make y'all think of? I mean, for me, it, it honestly makes me think of every other statistic out there. You know, I always say mental health is physical health. And I think eating disorders is a, a key symptom of that, right? How you see yourself is the way you treat yourself. But it's the same thing with clinicians not, you know, referring black women for cardi- cardiac um, exams when they're presenting with chest pain or, mm-hmm. or not, you know, giving us, you know, the same diagnostic criteria for evaluation for breast cancer and treatment options for breast cancer, which is why we die at higher rates from all of those. But exactly. what does it bring up for y'all? Like when you hear that we can present with the same exact signs and symptoms that, hey, I need help in managing this. Mm-hmm. And they look at you and say, ah, it's okay, you'll figure it not out. Not you, or, or maybe it's not necessary. I mean, right. the, the two things that brings up for me, one is kind of the rate at which black versus white folk get gastric bypass or the gastric mm-hmm. sleeve, knowing that the numbers are much higher among white folk because they have the insurance, Correct. And they have the clinicians who are gonna work with them, who go through, and it's not easy. I mean, it's anywhere from a nine to a 12 month process to get the approval, to go through the psyche valves, to get to make it happen. But guess what? For some people, it's not that because they have the access and the resources to a clinician who's going to make sure that they get that if that's the course of treatment that they are choosing for themselves. And not that I'm advocating for go out and choose that if you don't qualify, but it's just the access to it is so much more readily available to white folk than to people of color. And then the other thing it makes me think about too is like the cosmetic pieces that white women in particular have access to that black women don't that further contributes to like the whole notion of these perfect bodies and so Mm -hmm. case in point when i was an ed at a nonprofit in dc um one of my board members like very casually was like oh you know i'm going to be out of commission for the next two weeks because i'm going to get this tummy tuck and i'm going to go get this you know situation taken care of post her pregnancy and mind you she i mean she was tiny she was smaller than you ebony but this is a woman who had the the position to go rid herself of what she perceived to yes i just told you they call me ebony (laughs) no 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 because I mean, if, but you slim thick. You slim thick, girl. You slim thick. You slim thick, you slim thick <laughs> skinny fat. If you okay. eat bony, she might have been like skeletal, but <laughs> it, I mean, straight up. But like she, <laughs> she sought that treatment, and it was really ironic because it was right around the time that I had finished giving birth to my mm. son. And I just remember thinking like, damn, like, what do you, what are you thinking about me? If you who are so tiny, maybe a two is going to have lipo because you've got a pooch. And so it just also makes me, that made me recognize like how naive I was to how readily people actually do those things to, to make their bodies conform to the norms that society says they have to look like. You know, you'd be surprised by how much pressure women put on themselves after they have a baby. I'm like, it took you nine months to get there, honey. It should Mm -hmm. take you at least nine months. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, 10 months. You're right, because it's 40 weeks. It took you 40 weeks to get there. It should take you at least 40 to get back. And give honestly, yourself a full year. I'm give, sorry. Listen, I tell my friends, give yourself two years, honey. You yeah, honestly, Max was speaking full sentences before I got back into my pre-pregnancy clothes. I could no longer blame it on the pregnancy. I was yeah. like, he's speaking complete sentences. That type of girl, he can do arithmetic. Right? But, but I mean, like, I, I honestly didn't feel like myself again until about two years. Well, now with that mm-hmm. first baby, I, I I got pregnant before I got married and I had to get married. So I had to do some different things. You snatched. I had to snatch it back kind of quick. However, with Lindsay, I allowed myself time to naturally get back into my groove. So I gave those two years back to Lindsay to get yeah. her where, and then I took, so Evan's saying three years. So I took I'm that next year. I'm going to get my body back. And the older you are, when you it's have tougher. a baby, the more time you need oh, to I get your to body to back. This is a geriatric pregnancy my, here. Listen, I did my son yesterday and he's in his, his getting to his twos. He ain't even twos yet. But um, mm-hmm. the way he was ripping and running, I was Listen. like, there's no way you could be trying to worry about your body and running after and, and him alive. Nope. So Girl. I'm going to get over the twos. And I'm yes. three years. Are even like women who 
like it's like while I'm in the hospital, you're already considering how to get your body back. I can see. Okay, I was one of the women in the hospital bed. Like, let me go and just put a little pat on my face because I know I'm about to take. A you were camera bed. ready. You were camera ready. I was ready camera too. ready. Okay, but, you know. Okay, but surgery. I mean, just give yourself time. Your your body will naturally change as it should if you're doing the things that you know will keep you that healthy. you need to be doing. I mean, breastfeeding itself is gonna help you shed a, a good bit of it. I got. What What advice? This is a side note. Side note. But what advice do you guys do give to women who is who are about to have their um, newborn pictures done? What should should they wear a wig, and that way you don't have to worry about your hair and a makeup? I've had I had twists put in during my last month when I knew I had a scheduled C-section and I knew I didn't want to be worried about hair going into the hospital. So I had, I actually had the woman come to me, you know, so I could be comfortable when she did my hair. So my, my pictures looked half decent because I knew when when that little, when that little boy came out, I was not going to be worried about this at all. So that was my approach. Like get some, get a protective style. So you look half cute in the pictures. Listen, same thing with me. I had a protective style. I had braids and I had twists with one. In Mm -hmm. fact, when, when I had my son, I'm glad I got my hair done when I did because he came earlier. He came so early, I was totally unprepared that Mm. Ed's sister beat me to the hospital. I called her to say, girl, my water broke. I don't know what's going on. And when I when I got to the hospital, she was waiting like I thought we having a baby. I thought this was I I was like, I had to wash my dishes and take a shower. Like Mm. what? She was like, Uh, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. Another another kind of maybe traumatic. I want to. I hope they've stopped this. So at at USC in exercise science, we had to do a food journal for mm-hmm. one of our nutrition classes, and that was probably a time. If I had an eating disorder, that would have been. Or if mm-hmm. I was prone to eating disorders, that would have certainly taken me off the ledge. We had to write down everything, everything we ate eat. for two weeks, including drinks, and calculate calories. But y'all, it got to the point where I was like sectioning how much cereal I ate, how much milk I put in the cereal, how much time it took me to eat it, um, how many calories was in a slice of pizza, but I added pepperoni. So how much it was. Mm -hmm. I I, I never dropped the F-bomb on the good on this podcast, but it's a total mind fuck to track everything that you put into your body. It's a mind. It is. I mean, I found my um, an old eating journal that dated back to when I was 11. Don't know 11 year old need to be keeping an eating journal, first of all. But it also, I don't know if either of y'all have ever done any kind of a weight loss program, but the older I got, the more I realized like they don't work for me, like a Weight Watchers. Like I can't consume that. That's why I have that reaction to Weight Watchers. Like I, and don't get me wrong, it's helped. I've been in Weight Watchers probably three times in my lifetime, but I just can't like, I can't be so fixated on, no. I ate 32 points today. Like yes. I'm going to eat 28. It doesn't work for me and I'm not poo-pooing it. And I, I don't know even what Weight Watchers does it. nowadays, but it's it. not for me because then I just got so consumed with what I'm eating yes. that I'm not really, you're not Listen. living. You're not, yeah. you're not living. You're just okay. like, yeah. So y'all know how y'all tease me about the condiments. That was my trigger. That's what started the no condiments because I realized well, I guess maybe the Weight Watchers then works because I realized how many calories were in condiments. And it now I think of every time like I eat condiments or cheese or greasy foods, it's almost like I can feel it flowing through my body. Yeah, I was about to say, I've heard you say on numerous occasions, I feel the fat soaking into my body. Yes. Like it, you've said that many times. Many times. And that class was the first time that I had to pay so much attention to what was going into my body to the point where I may have jumped off the ledge. Oh, man. And so that's what, and I think that's what really shifted kind of my diet and how I eat, sometimes in a good way, but I think it it can be a strength that's overworked. It can be. It can be. What about weighing yourself? How frequently do you weigh yourself? Every morning. Every morning. Same. It helps me keep on track. I mean, it helps me to keep on track, you know, and and don't get me wrong. There are going to be days when it's higher. I mean, damn, during this COVID, the the past two months have been eight pounds. Hello, higher. But at least I know it's eight. 
I know it ain't 10. I know it's not 20. And that kind of keeps me in check. It's just like, it's an automatic every morning. I just- Kelly, I wait. I measure myself too, but I measure. I have a measuring kit and I do the waist and I do arms. No, is that good? No. No. So how, I mean, this, the data shows that people who weigh themselves once a week actually do maintain a healthier body weight just because you're keeping track. Once now, it is easy to get obsessive. It is easy to get obsessive. But for me, it just, it for it helps keep me on track. Um, I like it. I mean, But I also like getting A's. So I like to see the numbers <laughs> go down. I know that's not politically correct, but I, I'm motivated by that mark. Probably, I'm very, probably I'm not correct. Motivated. Yeah. don't body positivity shame me or whatever. I know that probably is not politically correct. I'm but yeah. we also know though that BMI does not correlate necessarily to health outcomes. It does and, not. And, you know, there, it doesn't. Right. And so my question is, you know, if you gain, okay, you said when you, you gained eight pounds with COVID, how did it make you feel? I still feel good because I know that before it could have been 20 pounds or more. So even though I've gained eight pounds, I still exercise six days a week. I'm still watching what I eat to an extent. I haven't been as strict as I can be or have been during a season when I'm actively trying to reduce my body. Right. So I've allowed myself, honestly, food has always been a coping mechanism for me, mm-hmm. I, you know, for better or for worse. And so for right now, I relax my rules, but they're not relaxed to the point where I'm going to allow myself to go much farther beyond where I am. You know what I'm saying? So right. I feel okay about it. Like I don't, I still fit in my clothes. I still feel sexy. It just kind of, it kind of feels like what it is. And when I get the motivation to take them off, I'll take them off. But for right now, you know, there's eight more pounds of me. <laughs> right. No, Kelly, I completely shut down. So I have to stay in my mind. I have to be between 150 and 160. If I go over 160, it's almost like my entire mood changes. My entire thought and perception about maybe I did jump off the damn deep end. You did. This is why these podcasts are therapeutic. You know, because, we need Dr. Nicole. We need Dr. Nicole. We need Dr. Nicole back because I'm like, yeah, I went. So the number, you're, the number you're, matters. You feel the number matters in your head? The number matters. matters. Period. Because I know that I know where the extra numbers go and I'm not buying new clothes. These mm-hmm. are the clothes that I have and I know how they fit when I'm in that range. It's so bad, y'all. I have my virtual doctor's appointment, my annual appointment, and she was like, well, um, you know, it's virtual, so I can't compare your numbers. I was like, oh no, honey, I got the numbers. So I did my blood pressure, yeah. I have my weight. I have, she was like, oh, aren't you prepared? And she was like, okay, so your weight is still within, it was like five pounds less than I was last year. And I was like, yeah, cause I'm, I, I know I don't go outside of that range. And she was like, okay, mm. like weirdo. Right. But I, yeah, I don't like to exercise. So in my mind, this is my way of um, regulating my health. So I get all neurotic about what I eat. I think that's fair. I also think that that's, I think it's da- there's a danger there. Like oh, yeah. I know having weighed, you know, from a range of different numbers from 150 to 230 pounds, that's oh, kind of been my range that it's the number matters, but I think the fitting in the clothes, for at least me, the fitting mm-hmm. in the clothes matters more and Absolutely. Kind of liking how I look matters more because I know based on societal standards, I'm never going to be the shape. I just don't think I'm physically structured to be the size that society says I should be. You know what I'm right. saying? It's just not going to happen for me. What I'm do we think bone. that size is? What's that bone. size? Yeah. What's that size that society? I mean, what what is that size? What, a four? I think it's so fluid. Now, Beyonce's not a four. She sure ain't. And, and you can't tell me nobody else is. It's banging like Beyonce. Right. So um, so that's what I think. The, the, the beautiful thing about what we're coming into in 2020 um, is that we, ha- we are taking ownership, I think, Black women, of saying, this is me. Serena Williams, Hello. me. Hello. I, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's no longer the aesthetic of what the Barbie doll looked like to right. say. But think about how much crap she got, how much just vitriol, how she looks like a beast. She right. looks like a man. Her right. arms are so big. Her thighs are so massive. Right. Other women Awful. are competing against a man. Like, right. And she's a what? A maybe a 10 or a 12? Because she, 
I would she's give her a 10. She's so lean. She's lean. So she call her a 10. Right. But people think that that is massive. And, and, that, like, and like, by people, worse. though, by that's people, worse. I think the Black community has rallied behind her, though. And I feel like Black women, we're rallying behind people and say, like, Meg the Stallion, right? Um, mm-hmm. we're talking about stuff. I Hello. mean, it really is. And we talk about Beyonce. And we, we I mean, it's not even just the... The people that are more voluptuous. We also, I think, celebrate just women for who who, who we just talked about with um, Lovecraft Country. Oh, Journey. Oh, Journey. Journey. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. I mean, and that's the thing. <sighs> all shapes, all sizes, all colors. I think we're now becoming more inclusive of exactly who we are in totality. So, well, let me. But we are kind of on that slim belly kind of. You, we we want the booty, we want the breast, but we want that flat belly though. You want the flat belly. I mean, I think that's a lot of the flack or the pushback that the whole body positivity movement has gotten, right? So it initially started in terms of, um, you know, it's larger sized individuals who are embracing who they are, regardless of how pop culture uh, views them or says that they should value themselves. But if you if you recall, and this was like within the past th- two or three weeks, Lizzo came out and said mm-hmm. that the body positivity movement was no longer for her. And she oh. says, what I don't like is how the people that this term was created for are not benefiting from it. Girls with back fat, girls with bellies that hang, girls with thighs that aren't separated, girls with stretch marks, you know, girls who are in the 18 plus club. So that gets to your point, Kim, you know, is it body positive as long as it is in that tight Mm Coca-Cola snatched waist, flat stomach, that's body positive. But once you get a roll, Hmm. folk don't Hmm. wanna see that. People like cover up, cover up. I'm trying to think who I know. Why your belly out? I'm trying to honestly know. But Liz, but Liz, when I see a big woman like in like a fitted dress and she has like a belly, I'm like, can you bottle that? Because I want some of what you got. Because <laughs> I am like so conscious of am I getting the stomach in? Put the spanks on, stuff it in, suck it up, make sure the angles are right. But I love when I see a voluptuous woman showing her curves and confident about her curves. Like I, I get excited about that. And I kind of wish I had that courage. Well, it's honestly, women, I don't know if y'all saw um, Fenty wear, but Rihanna and I came out with a uh, male underwear line. What? And did y'all see? Oh, you yes, Kelly? The, the man with the dad bod. Right, yes. right, yes. full on bod. I mean, and there were so many men on Twitter that were like, thank you, Rihanna, for showing somebody that looks like me. And I never even really considered men as much because we focus so much on women and, mm-hmm. and our body dysmorphia and things that people, you know, attack us for about our ways about body naturally grows. But yeah, but men were like, you know, that's my body. Like, that's what yeah. I look like. And thank you for, for letting me see what it's going to look like on me too, you know? So I thought I was a girl. I like a little Buddha belly. Give me something to lay on. <laughs> <laughs> Buddha belly. Just a little Buddha. Just a little Buddha. It's a B word. I was gonna say I need to know okay and this question I think is discussed quite a bit in the black community right but what is your perspective on how many white women are women who aren't black mm. taking on features of the black body right mm. the things that traditionally have been kind of rejected are you know even ridiculed by society like our butts, our lips, right? Um, anything from from the shape of our waist, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. a, a big what do you call the color of our skin? Badonka donk. Okay, so what does it make you? What does it make you reflect on yourself? Like for me, it's like it is one of those things of I get frustrated, but at the same time, it's like okay, but if <laughs> as backwards as it sounds, you make it now acceptable. So hopefully we don't get continuously attacked for it. But at the same time, it's like, no, I don't want to say you make it acceptable. Like it was acceptable back on us, back back on the day when you used to put us up on the chopping block. Like it was right. acceptable back then um, when you used to objectify us and, and use us for our body in that way. But um, what y'all think? Like, how do you I, think when you see the lip top that, yeah, I think Black women still get objectified and criticized about it. It seems like it's only cute if you're light-skinned with long hair and and fit 
it's only cute when you're a white girl that, with those features, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But if you're a black girl with, with big lips and a big butt and big breasts, and you still don't get the same kind of love as a white girl who has that because then she looks exotic. You know what I mean? It looks mm-hmm. different for her. I think on black women, they, yeah, I don't think we get the same kind of love. And if we do, it's because she's insisting on having that love. It's because the confidence that she exudes is kind of making people see her in a different way. But I think I think it's harder work. I don't know that it's that easy for us black girls. But you don't think it's you don't think it's looked at in you don't think it's looked at is it slutified for black women? Oh absolutely. And, and well it depends on how we're wearing it. Depends it on how you're wearing it for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Like I like little dresses from like when I'm looking online and I want to find a dress, if the model is white, I'm going to go and subtract two inches from that hemline because because ain't nothing. That, mm-hmm. that thing is just laying there and I cannot wear that little dress to work. That mm-hmm. That's not going to look like that on me. But I see now that more stores are getting models who look like normal people. Like I know for sure that Target is doing an amazing job with the diversity of their models. Like they even have models in wheelchairs, right? So you Mm -hmm. can see how the clothes look on natural people, but uh, on them, Ohioan stores, it's still the stick bodies. What do you say, Ohioan? High end. That is that is culture. That is culture. Thank you. Coming from my throat. And I was like, that is culture coming from my throat. Okay. All right. Hollywood. Lord. I never think you're tripping i mean honestly it just it, it kind of just pisses me off i mean it's the whole kardashian mm. phenomena in a lot of ways that you know if they adopt the things that on us previously were considered too much too voluptuous too right. big just too 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 i mean hell people used to come look at us at you know the world's fair as an attraction yes. just to see our big asses you know like Mm -hmm. the fact that we would be viewed in almost like a circus-like context based on the shape of our bodies in a lot of ways still are objectified in the same way or still are enhancing those parts of our bodies that traditionally were looked at with such fascination I think that all has that's some psychological thing there that you know we were initially viewed and kind of put in cages and objectified based on these big old booties right and now so many folk feel compelled even black women to go out and inject themselves with stuff so that they have yes. larger I'm booties I, I just that's some deep can we pull over and talk about that can we pull yeah. over and talk about that let's do because, it let's do I mean, it growing up so we used to have some, you know i come from a country family and um <laughs> we used to have words because again i was ebony we used to call it um lb and um lbb <laughs> So LB was long back, and <laughs> right, was a little bitty booty. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and that was really it. It really was somehow self-esteem in the other way. And again, comparing is really doesn't it doesn't equate. But um, but yeah, when you don't, when you are a black person and you don't have the 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 round yes. ass like the um the hourglass it does something to you too mm, i can so, imagine um, right i mean when sir mr Lyon and all them came out with the songs and stuff you're like oh okay well um that's wrong that's not and so that's and it leads me. to people injecting themselves getting scarred up sepsis sepsis yep. mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. when you have the um yellow van zant with i forget the woman's name oh yeah it has a chronic pain now related yeah. mm-hmm. i mean we gotta. I'm hoping we're getting. Do you feel like less people are getting that now? I feel like less people. I think we I are moving so. from the butt. I hope we're moving from the butt injections. But I do. But I do think that we have an increase in plastic surgery for Black women now. We. I know that for sure. I can't quote the stat right now, but I know that for sure. And I, but, and I, but I think it's back to what you're saying. We're known to be voluptuous, so if you don't have it, you got to figure out how to get it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, come through itty bitty titty committee. Look, we, but we see so many extreme. We do see people extreme. It's extreme. It's yeah. extreme. Yeah, it's like, you know, you 
I don't know how many people necessarily have had so uh, like um, plastic surgery, or do we just see the ones that have gone and had a lot? And I'm right. talking, about, you know, the ones talk show. Host? No, I think particularly in white communities, it's so common. I mean, think so about common. my board member; she's one of hundreds of other women yeah. in the suburbs who are getting their tummy tuck post pregnancy. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's real common. I just yeah. think um, they wear a lot of weaves too. They they do wear a lot of weaves. Yeah. But honestly, y'all, I, I mean, I I am seeing plastic surgery more around like just black people that I know or at mm-hmm. least it, at least it coming up as a conversation. Like I talked about getting breast implants. So I, <laughs> so listen, <laughs> Lindsay was like, mom, you don't have breasts. You have chest. Right. And I was Ooh. like, see, mm. disrespectful, Ooh. Lindsay, disrespectful. Ah, right. I know I know they're not as big, but they still work. It's a mouthful. That's all you really need, right? But I, yeah, I can throw them over my shoulders. But no, it's because you know, the you sometimes visual. just want to fill it up. Or when does when does it become an enhancement versus a response to a self esteem issue? I don't think it's where I start to. As soon uh, as I push out a person, don't don't listen. If I push out a person. I can do what I want to do. Hello. And if that is lifting up something and tucking Hello. in something, Hello. I can lift and tuck. And you can you can talk about me all you want. I honestly mm-hmm. do not care less. But um, but but it is, I think when it breaches on the fact of you look in the mirror and you don't like who you are. Right. Because you some kind of way have turned this projection of self mm-hmm. um, on the outward as a qualification of what is my soul's work? Yep. If you don't like what you see and that impacts you not liking who you are, that's where the line kind of crosses for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Y'all, we have unpacked so much already. God, the time has flown by. <laughs> yes, right? Clearly, we all might need to still lay on somebody's couch right. for a little Let's while. Let's stretch it out. Let's I stretch feel like it I had out. a whole breakthrough. But... <laughs> It's time to be bothered. Hashtag be bothered. Now, for those new to the B word unpack, this is our segment where we give our listeners some advice about whatever B word that we just unpacked. So mind you, we're all right. We're all right, good stock team. Like we good. We fine. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. But let's tell the people, when do you feel most comfortable in your body and how did you grow to love yours? And mm. Kelly, I'm gonna start with you. All right. Um, I think I'm most comfortable in mine when I am outdoors. I say this a lot when I'm being physical, when I'm being active. I think the endorphins kick in, my happy juices are flowing, and I'm just feeling strong and confident. I mean, I went for a walk this evening. I try to do five miles a day. And I just, as I walk, it just feels just phenomenal. And I'm just like, okay, girl, you're doing this, you're doing this. Um, So I think it's when I know that my body is strong. Um, I'm 43 now. I feel my body in ways that I haven't felt before. You know, I got to be honest, like I feel it both physically and like I feel it. I'm feeling myself in a good way. And so I think it's. It's, it's that being out and being physical and kind of like pushing the limits of what I know my body can do. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's how I have gotten to love mine the most and kind of get to know mine the most. And um, I think the, the physicality of it extends even beyond like the weight loss thing, because like I just said earlier, I've gained eight pounds, but I'm not really stressing it because I feel like I'm still moving my body in a way that's doing it good. And that makes me feel good. And so the more that you can do that and try to take care of yourself, folk, move. We need to move our bodies yes. right? just collectively. Um, right. I love it. It's like free therapy, honestly. Just go put on your shoes and walk. Right. It's like free therapy for me. I'm going to get there one day. I'm going to get there one day. Look, what about you, Ed? It's funny. I honestly do feel like um, I I feel like I look better with age. Every, mm. Like I, like if, if I were to take my body now versus when I was 10 years ago, Hmm. I honestly feel more confident in my body, which is weird. But I'm gonna tell you the the most fly I feel, and this might be a little bit TMI, but when oh, I get out there, listen, when I get there out of the shower, I might be late. <laughs> I might be late every day because I'm gonna walk around. I, mean, full on, I got the music on, got nothing else on because I'm gonna walk around to every mirror. Yes, like like it on, and I put on one little piece of whatever I'm gonna put on first. And I walk around in that for a little bit and just 
<laughs> if you're looking in a window, then you shouldn't have been lucky. You have a show. Yeah. You're welcome. You're it welcome. Is like, it's like when I'm just in, when I'm just me and I don't have to put on, because y'all know I don't have any fashion sense anyway. That's why I do need Journey to go ahead and give Please. me those. No, Hello. I need, I need this. How many times, y'all don't know how many times I've actually tried to pay for someone as a, a stylist a whole bunch of times. Um, and it's never panned out. And uh, yeah, but um, but honestly, I feel like because then I don't, it's just, this is what I am. And um, yeah, I put on a couple pairs of high heels and just straight around. Sidebar, have y'all been enjoying y'all's bath time more during COVID or is it just me? I feel like I Absolutely. love it so much now. Yes. More than yes. ever before. I feel yes. guilty. I feel like I waste a whole bunch of water. It's so no. good though, isn't it? I want to turn music on. I want to turn Same. on a podcast. I want to be in there just and really pruning. luxuriate. Just pruning. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and there's nothing like a good set of matching bra and panties. Like, I mean, that kind of changes... When no. you put on a matching set of bra and panties, coordination, coordination, got to coordinate. You can't cover that up. <laughs> you can't cover that up too quickly. You, you need can't. to put it on. It does. And then walk around. Go drink a drink some water. <laughs> you know, just take a lap. Take a lap. Throw shit on your legs. Just sit there and just and just luxuriate. Yeah, yeah. That that will pick you up real quick. I think I feel outside of that. I probably feel most comfortable and really like loving myself when I get dressed. Like when I dress myself in an outfit that speaks to who I am and it feels comfortable. I don't feel stuffed and cramped into something. Like I'm not. I'm not putting on, but I'm just putting on. I love clothes. Y'all know I love clothes. You do love clothes. I do love clothes. And you know I, when I know you're feeling yourself when you have them black over the knee boots on that are like suede in the front and leather in the back, yes, and then you have them honey. little tight black pants yes. on. Every time the strut is just so I different. strut my ass all through that office, <laughs> and I when I'm going to a meeting, I'm going strut worthy because you go. I'm gonna make an entrance. Oh yes. Hello. Oh. Hello, Listen. and I'm gonna make the boys say, "Oh, and the girls say, oh, oh. Listen, if I had an anesthesia conference, if I had an anesthesia conference, you're gonna see the size of my waist. Yeah, oh, you're gonna get a straight line. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. We so walk. I think yeah. every woman should get up, put on. I mean, I don't put on the matching bra panty every day because I mean sometimes it's a struggle. But when I do and put on just a nice outfit that just speaks who I am and it's crisp mm-hmm. and clean and. I just got a different vibe when I walk through the door. So ladies, get into it. Get, get into, into it. it. Don't let this call bring yourself. you down. You better get into it. All of it. Yeah. Lord. Right. right. Don't be like me and let jeans feel like you're going to a gala, ladies. Step <laughs> do not. Do step not. up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm doing something now when I put on jeans. Um, <laughs> Y'all, this has been a blast. Um, Listeners, thanks for tuning in as always. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Insta, and Facebook. Tell us what you thought about today's episode in the comment section. And please let us know if there's a B word you want us to unpack in the future. So all right, B-Pack, until the next time, stay positive, practice self-care, embrace the gift that is your body. And until the next time, let's keep Unpacking. unpacking take care thank you for unpacking another b word with kelly kim and ebony follow the b word on instagram at the b word unpacked and follow Goodstock consulting on facebook and youtube learn more about Goodstock at www.goodstockconsulting.com